Warning, this episode contains triggering discussions around narcissistic and emotional abuse. Happy Monday, everyone. How are you? Are you ready for a fresh start, a fresh week or what? Can you guys believe that it is the end of October? Oh my goodness. Happy Halloween, guys. I'm going to say it. Don't be a skipper. You know exactly where I'm going with this. Don't be that person who locks the doors turns off the lights and pretends that you're not home. (laughs) Okay, get into it. It's been such a long time since like Halloween has been able to happen again, like with proper trick-or-treaters. So get involved, go buy sweets, give them out. It's just a bit of fun. Okay, your coach has spoken. But honestly, by tomorrow, all of my Halloween decorations will officially be down. I know (laughs) I'm I'm basically like a I move it on quickly kind of girl. Like, seriously by even Christmas it's all down by Boxing Day I'm like turning over a new leaf (laughs) also I shouldn't be asking you this but I am intrigued and I'm curious but have any of you started your Christmas shopping yet like have you even even finished it because I started mine last week I know I know during spooky season who am I but I like to get ahead I honestly would rather have more time to process what I want to get people rather than feel rushed and trying to like smash my way through town in the heat of the season. Like, oh my God, no. No, I'm the girl that has it all done and I will watch the madness from the cafe with a cheeky hot chocolate in my hand. (laughs) Like December is for me, no one else. And I'm just saying, you know, I just wanted to share that. So thank you so much as well to each and every one of you for coming back and listening again every single week. We have almost hit a thousand downloads. Okay, can we just take a moment to appreciate how crazy that is? I can't get over it. So when we hit that, I promise I'm going to pop off a confetti cannon. So you'll definitely know when we do because I'll be cleaning up the confetti. But yes, I'm so excited. And I want to thank you and thank you so much for your messages and sharing things and just for showing up. Okay, just thank you so much. So today's episode is going to be all around relationships with your parents. I'm going to talk about generational trauma and kind of what's the best way to deal with it. I'm also going to share a very personal experience and topic and I'll be honest with you, I've been wanting to share and do this kind of episode for a while now, mainly because of how many conversations I've had with other people around this subject, okay? I'm doing this because I know it's going to help whoever needs to hear it, okay? And before I do, I just want to say that I will be sharing a very personal story and experience of my own. And I want you to know that this is something that I have healed a very long time ago and that I am 100% okay in talking about. Otherwise, I would not share. So this is your second trigger warning. You may be triggered by this episode, so please only listen if you feel comfortable and happy to do so. So without further ado, guys, let's begin. Welcome to your Life Unleashed podcast with me, your host, Clarice Harrison. This podcast is to help you make your one-time offer of a life worth living for. Join me for all things mindset and life transformation, where your dreams finally become your reality. Let's unleash your life. Hmm, parents, carers, just family in general. It's not always a very easy process when we are trying to build strong, connected family connections, okay? And I really, really am excited to touch base on generational trauma, 
something that we need to cross over before we get into this episode. So generational trauma is when, let's say, your nana went through something super traumatic many years ago and didn't heal from it, okay? And because she didn't heal from it, she ended up passing down all the pain and frustration onto your mum, who also didn't heal from it, okay? Which then means it then gets passed down onto you. It's almost like a train that moves constantly and doesn't have any stops and just keeps going to new locations, right? Please know this, that it is our job, our responsibility to stop the train, okay? To get it to stop so it doesn't continue to be passed down generation to generation. It's about healing the things that they might have projected onto us, And not everyone would have had this experience or might relate to this, but maybe you've had actually a really loving family member who was super supportive and always showed up for you. Maybe they were so protective and always need you around often, but there are things in this episode that I'm going to talk about that will really resonate with all of you. I must say this as well. This doesn't mean that your parents didn't try their best to take care of you at the time, okay? It's just that they had a very different upbringing and experiences to you. Like back in the day, if you think about it, it was extremely frowned upon to seek any mental or any well-being help, okay? If you were seeking that, it meant that you weren't good enough at the time, okay? And that was a really long time ago. We are really lucky to be in such a good space right now where it is openly spoken about and mindset and self-well-being and mental health and self-care is such an amazing thing. But please remember... That generation years ago, if they seeked it, they were known for being woo-woo or just crazy. They would say things like, oh my God, did you hear that Susan's getting therapy? Oh my God, poor thing. (gasps) Can you believe it? Whereas like now, the well-being space is so massive and it's so spoken about and we are highly connected in that area. We also need to know that we all come from very different upbringings and experiences when associated around family. So when growing up, Our families are our role models. It's all we know. Their thoughts, their beliefs become our own. How they think, how they feel and their energy that you are always surrounded in is just part of the process, okay? And it's not until you remove yourself from that environment that you actually get to create your own thoughts, your own feelings and beliefs on things. You kind of have kind of no choice but to have a relationship with them when you live with them. But when you leave you get to choose how often you see them, you get to choose how often you show up for them, and whether if they have access to you, okay? And I'm going to call out some social norms right now, even stigmas that I think a lot of us would have heard of. So things like, but they're family, you have to have a relationship with them. You might have heard phrases such as blood is thicker than water. This, this is bullshit, okay? You get to choose whether if you have a relationship or not, depending if they are supportive and understanding to you or if whether if they are toxic as fuck, okay? Let's not get it twisted. Water is refreshing, okay? I would rather drink water than blood. (laughs) Let's be real. And know that you are not responsible for how your parents show up for you. They are adults. They have their own actions and behaviors. You know, you don't get to control how they treat you or how they even feel towards you. The power we have is the power of how we get to react to them. So how can we know if our parents have our best interests at heart? Some of the simple questions you can ask yourself to help clarify whether if they are good for you or not as good for you are questions like, if you open up to them, are they supportive and do they create space to hear you? 
Do they take responsibility? Have they ever apologised to you if they've upset you? Do they pay interest into how you are and how, you know, you've been or what you've been up to? Are they really interested to get to know what you what your life's like at the moment? Do they show up when they say they're going to show up? Do they spend quality time with you when you are in their space? And lastly, this is my favourite one. I think this is the most important question is how do you feel after you've seen them? That is going to really clarify and help you know whether if you are benefiting and like whether if you're feeling drained or frustrated after seeing them is really important so maybe if that's the case you can cultivate some space you know don't see them as often I must also stress please do not shout out a parent without communicating to them first it's extremely important to have hard and challenging conversations to be able to grow a strong and connected relationship with each other okay most parents will honestly be very supportive And unfortunately, there are others that will not as much, but you still get to own how you feel and think and you still get to reach out about that. This is the part where I share my own experience with you. For this, you will truly understand some of the challenges and decisions that I've had to face in my own life. And I want to start off that I had a really wonderful childhood. Okay, I'm very privileged and I'm very grateful for that. And I must say that first. And I want to start off saying that I had a wonderful childhood okay I've been very privileged and I'm so grateful for that and I just wanted to share that before I begin my story growing up my parents unfortunately got to a stage of arguing almost every single night okay it became incredibly unbearable to be around and listen to and of course eventually they got divorced which meant that I lived with my dad and my brother as my mum moved out I felt the need to kind of support him at the time as going through a divorce was really hard and he was absolutely crushed by it, as anyone would, of course. Over time, he moved on and he started seeing other people, which I was so happy for him because when you just see your parents tear each other apart, just to see them happy for once was so refreshing. But whenever he was out of line or he made a mistake and I wanted to communicate to him that he had upset me, he would go ballistic. So he would scream at the top of his voice, he would yell at me and he would tell me that I was at fault. And this happened every single time. And I soon came to learn that it actually was easier to roll over than confront him anymore. So I would just apologise, even though I knew I hadn't done anything wrong. Um, And I know that's not the right thing to do, but at the time I was very young and I honestly did not know any better. He would say things like, I put food on the table and a roof over your head. And he would use that against me all the time. And I really wish I knew this at the time, but, you know, I didn't ask to be here. (laughs) Um, You know, he brought me into the world. So, yes, that's your job. That's your responsibility to do that, right? Mic drop. Um, But at the time, it felt like a valid excuse and something to say and target towards me. Because of all of that, um, it built up inside of me over time because I never got to share how I really felt. I never got seen, I never got heard. And I'll be honest, it was very damaging. But at the time, I thought it was normal. Okay, I thought all families had this. um, And little did I learn that it really wasn't normal. So when he screamed and yelled, um, he would also show up the next day as if nothing had happened. Like everything was fine. He would just not take any responsibility for his own actions or behaviours. And this went on for years. And years later, I decided to move out and craft a life of my own. And it wasn't until I started spending time with other families and other people's experiences that I realised 
how it was truly not normal. And moving away was brilliant because I was able to see him in my own time and when I wanted to. Now, we all know that I have suffered from extreme panic attacks and anxiety, which pretty much ruled my life. And I went to heal myself and I started to craft more self-love. I started building boundaries within me, to which afterwards I then started to pursue new and exciting things for myself. So things like marathons. And I just signed up to my very first half marathon and I was so thrilled. And anyone who hasn't done a marathon or trained for one, let me tell you this, okay? The training and the mindset involved is one of the most toughest things I've ever had to do. It's all the dedication and hard work involved. Like, I could not wait to share that with my family. My dad was so thrilled and super excited when I told him. You know, he said, oh my God, I'm going to be there. Count me in. I can't wait to see my daughter do this. It felt so great. I felt like healing myself was shining in all areas of my life. So I trained and I trained so hard. And I got a message from him a couple of days before where he was like, I can't wait. Look out for me in the crowd. And the day arrives and Phil and I get there and I just can't wait to get started. And I say to Phil, I'll see you and dad at the finish line. And I'll be honest with you, it's absolutely pouring down with rain, okay? Not ideal for a marathon, but I still showed up strong. You know, I was ready. I was just committed. So the horn goes off and I begin. I've got music in my ears. The crowds are cheering on all the runners. The atmosphere is electric. And as I'm running... I'm looking out for my dad in the crowd and I see tons and tons of other people's families screaming and cheering on their daughters and sons who are taking part and an hour goes by and I'm halfway through and I'm still looking out for him and there it is I see the finish line and I just could not believe that I had done it I had pushed myself to achieve something so important to me and as I cross the line I see Phil but no sign of my dad and the first thing I say to him is where is he? Is he with you? Like, did you get contact with him? Have you seen him? And Phil kind of shrugged and said, I haven't, haven't seen or heard from him. And I was a little bit gutted. I was like, okay, you know, I've been looking out for him. I assumed he, he might be at the finish line. He's got to be here somewhere. Right. And I tried to, I messaged him, but I didn't receive a message back. So I kind of said to myself, there must be a good reason for why he didn't show up. Maybe something came up. Maybe I don't know, but I wasn't going to let it bother me until I knew. And so after a couple of days, I called him and I said, where were you? Did you come? Did you see me? Like I messaged you, but you didn't reply back. His response, he said to me over the phone, it was raining and I didn't want to get wet in such a low tone towards me. Now, as you can imagine, I was extremely hurt and upset and angry about this. And instead of brushing off like I used to, I confronted him. And I told him that I was disappointed and that his excuse was really poor. And of course, as always, he kicked off and went absolutely ballistic and told me that I was in the wrong and how I should apologise. And I refused to do so. And I decided for myself that I was going to take a break. And I didn't actually speak to him for six months. Now, six months of not talking, there's always a case that something happens, like some, like a family member passes away. So you end up like talking again, you know, there was no apology and the marathon was never mentioned again. Okay. It just almost fell back into the same routine it had done before the six months. 
And a few months later, I decided to go bigger and better and do the full Brighton Marathon, which is another exciting new adventure for me. And I honestly thought the half marathon was tough. Oh my God, the dedication to this training was so much harder. But you know it, your girl is going to show up every single day to train. And I reached out to my mom. I said, mom, you got to come. It's going to be amazing because my mom has done a previous marathon before. So I know she, she knows what it takes and the experience of it. And she was very honest and open with me. And she's been very supportive and said, I'm so sorry, but I'm not able to make it. And I, I appreciate her honesty and just being upright straight. Now, I told my dad about it. And again, he couldn't wait to come and cheer me on. And he said, he, you know, to look out for him and that he would be there. And so the horn goes off and I see Phil three times around the Brighton track. And I'll be honest, anyone who's done a marathon knows that your mind will challenge you more than you have ever experienced in your whole life because you're tired. You got to, you can't, you got to switch off from your mind and you have to be so kind of like focused and separate out the negative chatter when you're running. And I see all these families again with huge signs and people's names and screaming and cheering on the family members. And I said to myself, you know what? It's okay. There'll be people here for me this time. It's, it's fine. It's okay. And hours pass and I'm on the home stretch. And I see Phil's family had come down to cheer me on. And I waved in excitement. I was so happy to see them. And I pass them and I carry on. And I'm almost at the end of the line. And still, I've been looking out again, over and over again, no sign of my dad. And I'm only a few moments from the finish line. And I hear someone out of my headphones screaming my name, Clarice, Clarice, Clarice. And I look over and it's my mum. <laughs> it's my mum. And I couldn't believe it. She she told me that she couldn't make it and there she was. And I went over and I gave her a hug. And I was in so much shock. She looked at me and said, well, keep going then. <laughs> what are you doing? Don't stop. Keep going. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, shit, I'm in a marathon. So of course I carried on to the line and I just burst into tears. And I finished third overall in the women's category I was a mess. <laughs> I was stumbling to get my medal and I was just sobbing as they put the medal over my head. And I met Phil and, I, and my mum at the end of the line. And I honestly gave her the biggest, sweatiest hug I had. And to this day, I don't actually think she realises how much that meant to me. And we walked over to the car, like ready to go home. And I said to Phil, I'm just going to call my dad because I don't want to leave just in case he's here. So I called him and I said, hey, I messaged you again. I didn't get a response. Are you here? I'm about to leave and I don't I don't want to leave you behind. And then he said in a dull tone again, I had a meeting at work and it was on the day that he never works. And I said, sure, dad. OK, yeah, I get it. And I just hung up the phone. And I think this was the moment I realised that he was never going to change. And he would still continue to let me down and it was up to me to protect myself. Now, I've had therapy for my traumas and there's a lot here that I can continue to share. But what I want you to know is that I will tell you is I had a choice, okay? To either continue having him consistently impact me and disappoint me or to cut him out for good. And this is something that me and my therapist went over. You know, we we went through the choices that I had and it was to either keep him at a distance and have kind of an on and off relationship or to not have him in my life at all. And I decided that before I make the big decision of letting him go, I decided to write him a letter 
And this letter was to reach out to him to try. You know, I was getting married in three weeks time and I truly wanted him to be there for the start of my new exciting chapter. And this letter was also so that I get heard. Okay, this is an opportunity for me to tell him of all the things that he had done to hurt me and he can't shut me down because it's through a letter. And I did. I told him everything over the years that had built up that I had never had a chance to open up to him. And I also said that I knew deep down that we both wanted a strong father-daughter relationship and that we can rebuild it together. And I said that at the end of my letter and I said like, you know, my wedding is soon and he was more than welcome to come up and start fresh with me before my wedding. He didn't show up. He didn't reply to my letter, which is my way of trying to extend the branch. So I gave it my best opportunity. And I know that he received my letter because, of course, he went mental and told my brother about it, to which my brother told me. My brother has been so wonderful about it. We both agreed that if I no longer speak to my dad, like I didn't want to know what he was up to and I wouldn't want my brother to share anything that I was doing. Um, and mainly because I didn't want I didn't want my brother to become the middleman. Knowing his actions and decisions, I decided to make the tough call and make the hard decision and that I was no longer going to tolerate his behaviour. So I cut him out. Now, you're going to ask me, was it hard? Of course, absolutely, without a doubt, like not an easy process, but I cared about me more. Okay, his actions showed me the truth. And I want you to know that my wedding day arrived and not once, honestly, did I think of him. I was surrounded by all the people I loved, who cared about me deeply and loved me for who I am. And that's all that mattered. And my brother gave me away, which was really, really special. And to this day, I think it's almost been like either three to four years now since this happened. And I still haven't spoken or heard from him. I have still had judgments from others when they hear this story, like, He's family, you need to bring him back. And honestly, I know in my soul, no, I don't. (laughs) I get to decide what relationship I have with my family, like end of. And I also want to highlight the stigma around daddy issues. You know, when someone says, oh my God, I've got daddy issues, okay? People feel sorry and pity the daughter, right? But actually, on a deeper level, it's the father failing to show up as the father, Okay, and that never gets looked on. That side never gets viewed. And what was really weird and eye opening to me was this year my brother got married and it was the first time that I had to be in the same space as him again. And what surprised me is that when I saw him, I felt nothing because he's basically a stranger to me now. I don't have a connection. I don't have a relationship with him. I'm not ever really upset or affected by him anymore. And honestly, it's been one of the best and hardest decisions I've ever had to make. And bless my auntie at the wedding. She was so sweet. She was coming up to me and she was like, if I bring him over, if I force him over, will you will you talk to him and sort it out? And and she was trying so hard. And I just I held her hands and I just said, I just said, it's okay. Honestly, it's it's truly okay. I'm I'm okay. Uh, I've moved on and and honestly she saw the peace and acceptance in my eyes and soon as I told her that she'd like softened up and she just kind of accepted it too so yeah and I want to share that this is and this is going to sound crazy but hear me out 
I'm so glad this happened to me. I'm so grateful this happened to me because this experience, this pain, this of what I've had to face has led me here, okay, to support people, to become a coach, to to guide people. And without this, I would not be here. I would just not be here now. I would never have seeked my own journey of self-love. I would never have learned how to meditate. I would never have learned all these things to help other people. I'm so grateful this happened to me. And I think the hardest part of the journey was that I had to forgive someone without their apology. And I have forgiven him not because I had to, but because I chose to. And it wasn't for his benefit. It was for my benefit because I was willing to let go of all the past. And I realized that these experiences, they don't define who I am or what I'm capable of. So let me repeat this to you. You can't control how people treat you but you get to control how you react to them. This has been such a deep episode and this will be a side where you will understand the power of healing now, like the power of showing up for yourself even when no one around you does. I wanted to go onto this because I did truly feel so aligned to do so and how many people during clarity calls or just general conversations, you need to know the story. And I know you'll relate and I want you to feel seen. And I'm so excited that I got to do that for you. So thank you. Thank you again for listening. Thank you if this helped you or resonated with you. Pop me a DM, let me know. And share it with a friend who might need it, okay? And until next time, guys, thank you so much as always. Bye. Bye.